so my house is kind of a mess because I just finished a gingerbread house making party. And I'm right now sitting amongst the squalor that is just a whole bunch of rickety graham cracker. <laughs> like they're falling apart around you. Like it's just gumdrop yeah. blight everywhere. Like like it's yeah. just a gingerbread, you know, town that once was, you know, fruitful and lovely. And yeah. it's just nothing but dead houses now. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I'm like some like begruntled giant, like just yeah. like bitterly munching on the rooftop. <laughs> <laughs> Like, all the villagers are gone, and there's nothing else to pummel, so you're just like, eh. yeah. And they freaking left all their gingerbread houses here, because we're adults, so we're like, what the fuck am I going to do with a gingerbread house? I never understood the idea of gingerbread houses when I was little. I was like, so you make something out of candy, and then you don't eat it? That was my biggest struggle, because when I learned about it, I'm like, you just leave it out there? It just goes stale? Why would you do that? Yeah. I don't know. I don't get it. Candy's for eating. (laughs) (laughs) Deanna Lana's podcast. Wendy and Lana's podcast. Get lit to rev, get lit to rev. Hello and welcome to Getting Lit, Alana and Wendy's totally excellent literary podcast. This is Series 1, Season 2, Episode 11 of our Romance Novel Focus podcast. My name is Alana, and I'm one of your hosts today. And I'm Wendy, your other host. And today, we have special guest, Rosie, as well. Hey, Rosie! Today, we are discussing The Tycoon's Revenge by Anne Melody. How are you, Wendy? I'm pretty good. You gotta say the the series as well. Oh, what's the name of the series? Tell me. Uh, it's Baby for the Billionaire, oh. number one. <laughs> <laughs> Baby because for the Because it just, billionaire. like, lays things out. Uh, you don't have to, like, yeah. worry about what genre it is. <laughs> it's Secret Baby plus Billionaire. Yeah, in case you're wondering. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. that is really good. Yeah, I mean, that's the po- the greatest part about this book, definitely, is it's it's very unambiguous about what, what this is. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, Wendy, how do you and Rosie know each other? Rosie and I went to the same college, yeah. and we weren't really friends during college, were we? No, we had a couple classes, but, and I I do recall one time thinking, because you missed a class, and I was like, oh, I'm going to take all the work to her. And I tried to, like, start a friendship, but it failed miserably, and then I was like, <laughs> mm, I give up. <laughs> I can see that. I thought she was super weird. I was. I was. Totally in your defense. Yes, I was. You were. And and that's Lewis and Clark weird, so that's pretty yeah. weird. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She would poke me. I thought she was like, she had a crush on me or something. Because she would poke me. <laughs> I didn't know that, Wendy. Uh, I have a crush on you, Wendy. So oh, it's all out thanks. there. Oh. Mm-hmm. Somebody does. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> so Rosie lives in Tacoma. Currently, yeah. Currently, yeah. <laughs> so it's been like five yeah. years of Rosie and I living in different time zones, and we still like chat a lot, tell each other about stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah. And we're spanning across three different time zones right now as well. Yes, we are. <laughs> I actually find that really exciting. <laughs> it is exciting. Right now. It's kind of like the future. Yeah. Yeah. It is, and it's it like is. I'm time traveling backwards in time since I'm in Eastern right now. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm time traveling forward <laughs> and backwards. <laughs> you bitches. Look oh. at this. Mind blown. <laughs> uh. uh-huh. Yeah. So, Rosie, are you an avid romance novel reader? Um, not necessarily, <laughs> but I I do feel compelled to tell the story of um so growing up my parents were they didn't necessarily believe in the value of reading. So every time I was like, "Hey, I want to read a book. Take me to the library." They're like, "No, it's dark." Or <laughs> like, "No, it's late." <laughs> Um, and so every once in a while, I know, and, and I don't want to like throw my parents under the bus or anything like that, but it, it, it was mostly like they were young parents. There was this cultural difference. There was like an education gap. So like my mom had a second grade education. My dad had a third grade education. So just understanding the development of like youth and, and all that stuff wasn't their thing. But I do recall um, going thrift shopping with my mother. And so she would go looking for clothes and I would always gravitate towards the book section of thrift stores. And, you know, lo and behold, it's a huge collection of romance novels and dictionaries. (laughs) And mm-hmm. so then I'm just like, all right, let me go get some romance novels. So I used to, as a kid, early teen, tween maybe, and teen, just read romance novels. <laughs> and then, yeah. They were probably Harlequin. I didn't for a long time. <laughs> and I think this is my first romance novel in a while. That's great. They were they were probably Harlequin novels that you read, right? Because those are always what, clogging up. The the Harlequin novels, the the brand Harlequin. I don't I don't remember. I just remember. Uh, oh gosh, there was this like Miller military theme going <laughs> on, and I remember red covers. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think that's got to be Harlequin then, if it's got a red yeah. cover. It's like a Harlequin. Oh, wow. you, <laughs> okay. you can buy so cheap at at anything. It's like people just drill through them and then. They clog up the Goodwill shelves, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you, yeah, you probably got a whole bunch of Harlequin novels. That is the nice thing about, um, yeah, romance novels is, like, you don't have to be in a certain place at a certain time to read romance novels because they're, like, in all Goodwills everywhere, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, you're just, like, weird uh, romance novels. Like, it with some other books, like like I don't know Star Trek. You have to be kind of in a specific area to read Star Trek series books, mm-hmm. right? But romance novels are everywhere. Or it's like you know you pick up your your bread and your milk and your eggs, and then your romance novel <laughs> at the grocery store because they're always there. Yeah, it's like you know the the aisle that has books has gotten smaller and smaller and smaller over the years. But it's still there. You can still find those romance novels. Rosie, your life story is kind of like Matilda, the the book. Wait, wait, wait. Do you have powers? Do you have superpowers? Is wait, that what, what I got? Oh, my God. Do you have powers? <laughs> She's like, just tell me. Just tell me. You don't have to tell me. <laughs> please, please. I would please. not put it past Rosie to hide that from me. To have telekinesis and just be like, eh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I feel like there you have to explain kind of the mo- the like yeah whatever rationale. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is like a deeper rooted. Yes. So the thing that I always like to make fun of Rosie about <laughs> is that Rosie um, just like throws out these things like really great achievements in her past that she's just like, oh, yeah, didn't I tell you that? Like, <laughs> no big deal. You know, like she's like an intern in, in D.C. in high school and she like played mm-hmm. in a mm-hmm. symphony as a <laughs> She's like, oh, I uh-huh. didn't tell you I that. Mean, MBD. MBD. Yeah. It wasn't even a thing. Mm-hmm. So I always joke that. Yeah, didn't everyone do that? <laughs> <It's> okay. <laughs> I always joke that there's this whole secret life of Rosie that I've just never experienced and I don't know anything about. And um, since Rosie is like, like Rosie is very professional. She's really uh, work-oriented. So you don't necessarily, like, think she's going to be, like, running off with a football player or something. <laughs> but I always take <laughs> I always take the, the romance novel that I'm reading the latest and then go, oh, yeah, pretending to be Rosie. Didn't you uh, – didn't I tell you that one time <laughs> that, you know, I was, I was getting married to a – Dallas Cowboy and I ran away from him yeah. at the altar and then I hopped on the bike of a of a guy <laughs> who had of a yeah, motorcycle it was like the hipster from the coffee shop <laughs> yeah oh. <laughs> and then you like had sex a lot and then you like found your way by like um putting a, a temporary tattoo on and dyeing your hair purple mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But then we like both split up. Yeah, you split uh, up. Maybe, like a genuine mutual split up, and yeah, you know, because usually it's always like one person or the other. But we were so in tuned with each other that yeah, we knew, we knew, you knew. And then there was a baby. It was yeah. like a billionaire I don't baby. Want to... mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the baby, like, the baby made the money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't I tell you that? Oh. That's true. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's why I was wearing all those clothes at one time. <laughs> she was, like, it's so funny. Rosie would be a perfect, like, nonchalant, like, romance novel character. Like, I'm living my life over here, you know, like, doing normal shit, like, hanging out with people, going to a job. And Rosie's freaking, like, making friends with a billionaire that's pretending to be an orphan or something. Yeah. <laughs> and he, like, they get stuck on a boat and they hate each other at first. <laughs> she, pro- Wendy probably knows the most about my personal life, my, like, personal romantic life. Mm-hmm. And she once described my relationship with my current partner as a romance novel. It is. Because the origins of it. <laughs> but, and again, this is back to the, I'm a terrible storyteller. So, <laughs> so much better about this. Because, so they were friends for a long time. And then um, they broke up as friends. And then he came back and he was like, I've always loved you. And I didn't want to be friends with you because I wanted to really relationship anyway and will you please go out with me and you know I'm, I'm not with my girlfriend anymore i was like rosie oh, no. that's a that's a freaking romance novel 
Like, literally, all you'd have to do is, like, explain that for, like, 20 more pages, and it would be biker romance, basically. <laughs> yeah. I'm going I'm to write it. I'm totally going to write it. <laughs> yeah. I hate you, Rosie. I don't have no freaking romance yeah. novel. Yeah, because we're always like, oh, this isn't this isn't reality. This isn't the way things are actually done. Except that uh-huh. when you're in Rosie's life, apparently. Like, that's... Apparently. <laughs> Yeah, and now we're, like, taking this, like, vacation abroad, and I'm, like, it's all planned by him. Oh, my God, that's totally book two. Oh, my God, that's book two. Yeah. Book two is always when you go on a trip. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That are you introduce, like, another set of characters that is vaguely related to the first book. (laughs) Rosie, I want to be the side character. (laughs) Rosie. help me out. I want to be book two. <laughs> Help a girl out. Listen. I gotta, I, yeah, you know, I'll make it happen. Okay. I will. You, yeah. you know that okay. th- the formula that you are forgetting to follow is that every time you introduce oh. a character that's single in the romance novel, the next novel is about them. So give me my fucking romance yeah and you've got it you've got to yeah, you've got to also like like you got to do some wrap up here like just go to your partner and be like you know it's really great that we're so happy like and then like yeah. do something that ties in your story with the rest of it like just like tonight <laughs> and that way your story will be wrapped up and then we can start book two yeah, yeah. please do that mm, yeah oh my god can you? I like it. I, like it. <laughs> I okay. So Wendy, one of my biggest fears, uh-huh. if I try to pursue this, is that I'm gonna set you up with someone who's so totally not great. Mm-hmm. Like, and I know that they're not great, but then you'll like them, and I'm just like, no, <laughs> I just wanted to do this for the drama. No, that's good. That's like- a good. That's a good trope for Wendy. I like that. The opposites attract type of thing. Yeah. No. That's oh, really yeah. good. Like he's a joke. That's definitely a good book too. Um, mm-hmm. So wait. And then uh, Rosie has to reevaluate her friendship with me. Yeah. Because I like this guy. Redo the matrix. Because I have a matrix of all my personal relationships with my friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Wait, so what are you guys drinking? <laughs> I'm drinking a mimosa. Yeah. Mm. Oh. Fancy. Morning drink. Um, I have fresca and rum. Um, mm. I would say one third rum, two part fresca. <laughs> nice. That's cool. Whatever that is. I don't know if it if there's a name. We'll just it. give it a name. That's a that's a rosy. <laughs> rosy <Yeah>. special. Rosy <laughs> special. Rosy rosy wrap up mm. book special. Yes. You have to look at your your drink and say, you know, looking back on the years. (laughs) We'll just call it the epilogue. (laughs) The epilogue. Rosie, Mm -hmm. get on that. I'm serious. (laughs) What are you drinking, Alana? Um, It's cold now, but I was drinking. um, So I figured out that you can make... Uh, cocktails in a slow cooker um and you can so it's like a hot chocolate but it has like it's a it's a slow cooker so it has an entire thing of wine in it of red wine <laughs> so i made a drink nice. called mm-hmm. um i call it baby i have money um <laughs> kind of like baby it's cold outside <laughs> but like anyway and it's got uh one and a half cups uh semi-sweet chocolate chips 
uh, cocoa powder, sugar, kosher salt, whole milk, and then a bottle of wet wine <laughs> in it. Um, <laughs> Oh, and then yeah. you put some toasted marshmallows on it, and it's pretty tasty. Um, and I've been kind of drinking on that, but I'm uh, just finishing that one up, and I have a little bit extra of that. Um, and then I have, like, a ginger ale, because that is a... I forget, like, because I don't drink hot cocoa very much, and hot cocoa it's very sweet. And then you put red wine in it, and it's like, woo! That would be super sweet. But it's tasty. So how much of this red wine have you I would yet? I would say oh. I've had about a half a bottle of, 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 uh, yeah. Oh. It's pretty good. Over the past three hours, though. Over the past three hours. <laughs> well, it was good because I had extra, actually. So I, I kind of went went back to ladling. Um, Full disclosure, I drink hot chocolate twice a day. Nice. <laughs> oh. That's a way to Actually, live. I make mochas. Yeah, and it is. It really is. It's delicious. So this, this book reminded me... Of the whole, okay, so I've got a beef with the whole, like, billionaire trope. That's not, that's not something that I'm super interested in. Like, you know, I'll do, like, Dukes, you know, or they happen to be rich or whatever. But the whole, like, billionaire is a trope is kind of weird, you know? And this dude, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. he comes in and he's like, the workers aren't being paid enough. Like, he, he does basically a hostile takeover of the company and then suddenly starts handing out mm-hmm. benefits like it's candy. Like, <laughs> such ridiculous. Some weird social justice. <laughs> 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 and, and I was like, that is more fiction than freaking shapeshifters. <laughs> like, what kind of hostile takeover <laughs> is gonna like be like, all right, let's raise the minimum wage and, and make every, everybody have health care and, you know, like, Let's just let's just keep throwing money at them. It'll be great, you know. <laughs> and it's just like uh, it, it. It makes me think that it's it's the kind of thing of like the people on top are gonna like somehow help you, even though all of history has shown <laughs> you that none of that will ever happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and I feel like that's why President Trump is president because he's like i mean like people voted for him it's like give the guy a chance like you know he's he's for it like you could just you could just he'll just be a benevolent billionaire type you know we don't want those politicians we want just a billionaire that just like has a lot of money yeah he just wants to make money and don't you love money Mm -hmm. is it money the best Right. He'll probably give us some. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Oh, but not too much, you know, because you don't want to be a freeloader or anything. Yeah. yeah. It, it reminds me of, I don't know if you had this in college, but when I was in college, it was all about the Protestant work ethic, right? Like the idea that if you worked hard, that you must have worked hard if you make money. And if you're like mm. successful, then it must be because. Yeah. You're like, you worked hard and not because of other reasons. It's a similar thing in which they're like, I'm sure other people have had the idea to pay like the workers more. But he's like, ah, well, I basically, you know, like millionaires are a little bit like witches. You know, like you don't really know where their money is coming from, but they just, there are rules. Like, like you got to use some businessy terms and like have like a really nice office with lots of, you know, tasteful art. But other than that, the the businessing is sort of magic in this book, you know? It is so magic. He's mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. He okay, so he's like what twenty nine or something, mm-hmm. and he is a friggin' billionaire after building his own empire after ten years, and because he's a mm-hmm. nice guy, like, <laughs> like what's the business model? I think the business model was is he had some nice pecs. That was like pretty much the business model. <laughs> yeah, he just he just looks at you yeah. in the eyes with those baby blues, and he's like, "Give me my." Give me your <laughs> like com- page company. one is left peck, page two is right peck. You know, mm-hmm. pretty page much. three is giving it's the really- employees benefits. Yeah. <laughs> I was just saying, it's weird to think that if he's twenty nine and he did this over the last ten years, he was nineteen. So, and I'm thinking of like current nineteen year olds that I know, and I'm like, oh, I feel uh, uh, how like how is that uh, it these billionaires also like the the billionaire trope they're always ridiculously young and ridiculously rich and they all like found their um money through magic ways <laughs> and i'm telling you those magic ways are dirty like that is dirty money he killed someone. He has a drug empire. He did kill someone. Let me tell you. Remember the old man, the old man with the fortune? He totally killed him. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's like he's like Scarface and then and then they're like, "Oh, he's such a nice guy." When he's like the head of a cocaine empire, yeah. you know? Like that isn't you do not get that much money of like ethical means in that short of a time with like no contacts this dude also he was on the other side of the he was from the other side of the tracks you know he's poor his family is poor suddenly his family his entire family is rich like the next books are about him being a bill his brothers being billionaires and and it's like what you went from no connections to like suddenly having millions and millions of dollars Listen, our our little female brains can't imagine. He did business, okay? He did serious. Oh, yeah, right. He did business, all right? There was like he knew what an accountant did, um, and he mm-hmm. did a house style takeover, <laughs> and we actually didn't see him do any actual work besides this like hobby project. Mm-hmm. But he did business, and it was important important non lady specific business that we don't care about because all we care about is what he's gonna buy us <laughs> with all that dough. <laughs> yeah. Like that's all we care about in the oh, story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what's sad about that? My mom. I'm thinking about like stuff that I've heard my mom say. My mom would totally say something like, "Oh, we just don't understand. That's what." <laughs> and every single time she says that, I'm like, "Oh, don't talk to me." <laughs> now I'm just like mentally in my head, I'm picturing this dude like tapping on his computer, going, "Man stuff, man stuff, man stuff, man stuff." And then like you know, our female brains, no matter how educated they are, we look at the screen and it's like gibberish. <laughs> We're like, why do we not understand? (laughs) Yeah. Trickle down doesn't work, guys. (laughs) Trickle down. We're just we're just gonna like put a whole just like blinders on and imagine that this since this dude has money, he's going to give it away, basically. Yeah. The Mm -hmm. benevolent millionaire tax plan. Just like give him all the money. He'll find some deserving woman with a baby, and it'll work out. 
just every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Rosie, you had something about never leaving their ho- hometown, like what was related to the book, right? Yeah. Just people that never leave their town, always being stuck in this like, oh, this is the way it is. And this is how like family does it. And this is the idea of like, you must stay within the rules and the parameters of how it's always been done. And I think of kind of within my own upbringing, like when I graduated from high school, I was one of three people that left the state to go to college. Everybody else stayed in the local community college or the local state high school um, for the lead in the character. Um, she was, what, 18, 19 when they were going to go off and like run to the city and like discover themselves and what have mm-hmm. you. And then decides to stay in and suddenly she's doing HR for her dad's company. And I'm like, oh, God, (laughs) HR for your dad's company? Are you kidding me? (laughs) Um, Yeah, well, he's kind of like, well, she totally left me and I'm scarred and I'm just going to go somewhere else. And, you know, and then he becomes a millionaire or whatever. But she's knocked up because, you know, the plight of the female role in society in x y and z um but yeah there's the just this constant battle that people from like small towns have between like do i want to stay here and like stay within these bounds and never question society just because this is comfortable or like do i want to go out in the world and like really see and explore what i want to see and explore yet don't want to admit that i want to see and explore yeah because there's a lot of risk i do want to invite like there's a lot of risk in that mm -hmm. right like yeah and I mean, you might not even realize what you're missing, mm-hmm. right? In terms of like, like the larger world and how different it might be. Because I'm not from a small town, but I am from Seattle. And it wasn't until I left Seattle that I like realized there was other ways of thinking about things. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. not like, like, yeah. like I fully mm-hmm. uh, like endorse Seattle politics, but like just generally like that Seattle is the best. And like, you know, there's places where like people get snow and they have four seasons and like, that's kind of nice. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I think I think my perspective has changed a lot um, moving to the south because <laughs> <laughs> for multiple reasons. But um, yeah, and then it's like, I mean, people who don't take the jump to like you know moving out of their small town. Like I, I was never. Like I'm from a small town, but I was never. I didn't ever feel fit. Like I fit in. Like I. I didn't live there my entire mm-hmm. life, and so I just kind of, like, right. felt like an outsider anyway. So it was no hardship for me to move and go to college and, you know, never come back. <laughs> and then um, mm-hmm. my friends that I have in Little Rock, like, Little Rock is the largest town in, in Arkansas, but it's still a small town. It's still peop- a town that, like, people live their whole whole lives here. Their parents live their whole lives here. You know, they have friends from, like, preschool that they still hang out with. And I've noticed that, like, there was definitely this time, I mean, friends especially, there was definitely this time when when I was in college where I was like, oh, yeah, I don't have to be friends with those bitches anymore. I can be friends with whoever <laughs> yes. I want. <laughs> and that's, mm-hmm. that's the kind of, like, epiphany that you have when you get out of your comfort zone. My partner was born and raised in this area and so he still hangs out with people from high school and from like his childhood and i'm just like gosh you guys are from like such different parts of life oh and he just walked in here (laughs) (laughs) say hi 
and oh. habanero. Oh, he so just brought me a chicken wing. Oh, okay. That's that's real oh, love right that's, there. That's, yeah, that's that's the sort of love. Oh my god, this is the wrap up. Will you please ask him? No, you need to ask him. You know how strange it is that you guys got together. Yeah. Oh, they want to know how strange it is that we got No, you, you're you thinking that, Rosie. You're reflecting on it. Oh, I'm thinking that? Yes. And then you have to say, he has to say, he has to say how much he loves you more and more every day. Yes! Oh, yeah, yeah. So go ahead and say it. Well, I mean, oh, gosh, I feel like there's so many things going on right now. I went to his Christmas party. Oh, my God. He had his, like, company Christmas party yesterday, and I went to it. And so, like, one of their traditions is kind of like, where were you last year? Mm -hmm. And so the ED of his company was kind of like, introduces the theme, like, everybody introduce yourself and, like, share where were you last year. And I lean over to him, and I was like, we had just gotten back together because we had a, a little break last year and then he's like don't share that that's personal <laughs> okay um, one more share yeah. it on the podcast <laughs> 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 or share it on a podcast it's just like, yeah um <laughs> but no no so he's from s- sort of a small town and this is kind of a military town there's a military base real nearby and so a lot of the people he grew up with ended up joining the military or just like sticking around and working for like you know mechan- straight straight into jobs out of high school and so he he did the same but in his late 20s he decided to go back to college and so he was what most people would call a non-traditional student. So just like an older student in college. Um, and so then just thinking of the politics of his friends versus those that he has developed, even through the process of attending a college university or X, Y, and Z. Um, and he ended up going to uh, UPS, which is a private liberal arts here in Tacoma. So most students that attend UPS are not from Tacoma. Mm-mm. So, and that's part of, there. there's some inner politics here in the city, but um, it's just people from, it's a very liberal school. Um, so he, he ends up um, attending the school. He has this very liberal perspective in life and X, Y, and Z, but then he tells me, he tells me all these stories about his friends. And one in particular is how actually his brother, um, his brother doesn't like to eat bananas because he feels it, uh, it feels like it's gay quote-unquote gay um and so right can, can we just let that sink in like you can't have bananas so and in my head I'm just like what is the problem here like, what, what's their deal it's a banana so um so little things like that kind of come up and I'm like I can't be I can never have a relationship with your friends in the way that you have a relationship with your friends um and the only reason he has a relationship with them is because they've known each other for so long so they have this huge long history with one another even though they don't talk to each other as often but they have shared so many things and like struggles and x y and z and part of me is a little jealous of that Mm. like i'm jealous that i don't have someone in my life that has known me since i was five or known me since i was 10 um and i would just like once i was 18 and i left for college i was like i don't want to talk to any of you (laughs) um and i'm just gonna go build my life out here yeah Mm -hmm. but so it's kind of this like double-edged sword so i love it and i hate it um but at the same time it's like so there's a seinfeld episode where he talks about his friend that he's had forever and he 
made that friend because he had a pool table. Like, (laughs) you don't make great decisions when you're young about who to be friends with and who not to be friends with. Like, it's not like your, your moral landscape is you know um hmm i wonder if i should be friends with these people no it's Mm -hmm. like oh look he has a pony that's Mm -hmm. rad he can do that weird thing with his you know whatever (laughs) he can cross his eyes that's cool (laughs) you know like and that's that's what also i thought was funny in this book is like hold on you guys are how old like you know nothing about your life right now Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're just going to like, <laughs> they were like 18, 17. Mm-hmm. How old were they? Like super young. Yeah, they were in high and school. And they were like, yeah. oh God, high school marriage with a kid. That <laughs> that man would be working at Kroger for the rest of his life mm-hmm. if he actually had a kid and a mom and a wife to take care of. And that's a juxtaposition inside this book as well, is that he laughed town and got to pursue and she stayed in town as like a working mother right and they they had very different experiences right Um, which Uh the book doesn't really unpack because magic magic magic. and even man stuff man stuff man stuff (laughs) um her well she came from a wealthier side of town and yet she still had a quote-unquote semi-relatively not so so they lead to lead the reader to believe but part of me is kind of like oh systemic racism is still at play so i don't know how much i believe it um (laughs) yeah yeah they're all conveniently white in this yeah (laughs) i mean theoretically yeah oh yeah yeah that's actually they never mentioned that which is really interesting i just noticed i think i thought of that too i was like man i'm glad that other races don't live in this town (laughs) 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 <laughs> so how'd you guys like the book we gotta we gotta talk about that yeah. Oh, yeah i was i was not a fan of this book i'm just gonna i'm just gonna put it out there what'd you guys think rosie it's a super quick read and part of me was kind of like i don't understand if i'm supposed to like this book mostly <laughs> yeah man yeah that's true mm-hmm. like from the get-go i was super bothered i read the author's note and the author starts writing about like oh i love families and i dedicate this book to my son and i was like you're dedicating a romance book to your son like <laughs> 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 this um, is for you for you son and then yeah. his throbbing cock <laughs> <laughs> yeah so like from the get-go i was a little thrown off she mentioned something about how she loves uh like family stories and i in my head i think uh i don't necessarily think of romance novels as having like much content like much meat to it it's just like this formula of romance slash sex slash romance slash sex or Mm -hmm. you know whatever that is the fact that she identified that there was supposed to be some family stuff tied to this (laughs) i i was left wanting a lot more so i don't know if it's so much that i liked it or that i still feel empty inside after having read read it (laughs) yeah i liked it but i feel empty inside (laughs) yeah after reading it (laughs) pros and cons it has hollowed out my soul but it was fine 
<laughs> I thought it, I thought it was a quick read, um, and I was just tripping along, like just being like, "All right, this is what we're doing." But I didn't like feel particularly attached to any of the characters, and I thought most of it was pretty dumb. I think the thing that bothered me about this book was like it was all about resolving the dude side of the misunderstanding, which is mm-hmm. whether or not this lady was a bitch. But we didn't ever resolve the fact that he fucking abandoned her. And then also, like, pressured her into marrying him. Like, we never resolved that issue. He really did that because he really was an asshole. But he was rich now, so it was okay. Mm -hmm. I guess I got Um, out of this. I think this book had an identity crisis. Because I I think it should have been written as a historical romance. (laughs) Because because the whole, like, Mm. the whole, like, misunderstanding creates a rift that lasts years makes no sense in modern technology you know Mm -hmm. like you could look her up on fucking facebook and be like oh she's poor as fuck like maybe she wasn't after my money or whatever oh her facebook picture is her and a young like kid maybe she has a son (laughs) Uh Hmm, let me count back the days you know (laughs) happy six Six year birthday. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Six, five, four, three, two. <laughs> yeah, and it wouldn't even be her. Like, they could have some friends in common or some sort of shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't fucking happen. But for some reason, there was this year long, like years and years of rift. And then also, there was that part where he goes, I don't want my son being made fun of because he's a bastard or something. And I was like, do you know which. <laughs> century you're living in (laughs) because nobody makes fun of that anymore like who are you there are so many single families blended families now i now wendy i remember little timothy with the gout and people made fun of him because his mom was a bastard (laughs) that was part of my childhood in living in seattle like wasn't it part of yours like i don't know wait did charles dickens write your childhood (laughs) yeah i mean i i was always wanting more porridge never was enough man Life was Maybe rough. that's why I like yeah. historical romance because the problems are just not problems in real in the real world. Like I'm a bastard. <laughs> ah. <laughs> like nobody cares. I felt like this could have been written in the fifties too, like with the same with no different tweaks to it. Like this yeah. could have been written in the fifties. Right. Yeah, because she does nothing. She's awesome. literally like she's- the only thing she is is she's an HR consultant. Like that's really not that modern. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. I. I kind of like those stories of like they they are left with nothing so they just have to squeak by. Like I like that part of it, you know? Like her like figuring out a job and figuring out a place to live with her son and just fucking like working with it. But her herself was just an awful character. <laughs> and she she wasn't very interesting at all. So, um there were definitely, like, points that I enjoyed in a very surface way. But a lot of times I just pretended he was a duke, and then I was okay with his, <laughs> his behavior. I don't want my son as a bastard. And then also that marriage of convenience. Listen, marriages of convenience don't work in the, like, real world. That's why they're all in Regency. Because it doesn't make any fucking sense for you to, like, force somebody to marry you. Yeah, that didn't make any sense. But she's so, like, Melody Ann so wanted to write it. 
Like she just really wanted to write a com- marriage of convenience. And so she made this bullshit story, you know. And then it's another one of those stories where it's like, can anybody talk to anybody else? You know? <laughs> like, please, please say one sentence. You left me and I was pregnant. Could have solved everything. Like, maybe you should talk to people. Again, that's why historical romances work with that that plot line of, like, no communication. Because it's fucking Regency. Nobody talks about anything, you know? And it just took a long time to write a letter or some sort of shit, you know? Like, it Mm -hmm. just took a while. It took a while and there was a lot of weird social rules, so... Yeah. One thing that I that made this book really exciting to me, which was not written in, is so they talk a lot about this wedding dress that she had like <laughs> imagined that she would wear, right? She like drew pictures of it. And then he like awkwardly took those pictures and turned it into a wedding dress, even though like she had not asked him to do that. And it was weird for like her 18 year old self to be like, she's wearing like, probably she thought her like styles have changed in the intervening like 10 years, but like whatever. But the part about it that was great (laughs) is that she said that he added some modern touches to that that dress. Mm -hmm. And in my head, I was like, it's got pockets. <laughs> I was like, whenever they would talk about that dress, I'm like, she's probably she's probably got like really deep pockets. She's probably putting her keys in there. Like, it just I was like, I just could have imagined like oh, yeah. that was like that was like porn for me. Like imagining like a guy that would design a wedding dress with pockets in it, and I was like, yeah. 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 Yeah, That's right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You designed those utilitarian (laughs) wedding dresses. Yeah, modern touches. Yeah, pockets. I'm like, pockets. Yeah, so that's like I imagine that all the scenes with it, I'm like, she's got some fucking pockets. Man, I probably would have liked that book better if I imagined that. I know. I thought about texting you, like, the wedding dresses, pockets, the end. The dude put it there. <laughs> yeah, I I just kind of like. Also, the other thing is like I question the um the sense of style of the author like all the time. You know, every every book that I read, I'm like, do you really think that that's cute? Because <laughs> I think what you're making in my head looks awful. <laughs> and so, like when she said like quote unquote modern touches, mm-hmm. I was like. Is it like spaghetti straps? Like, do you have like a weird sash around it or something? Like, what exactly? What do you mean by that? <laughs> Nothing. I sometimes wonder if they do that intentionally so that their book can remain. Yeah. Vague. So they're that's, so incredibly vague. With Rosie, the that's what we learned yeah. when we read um, romance novels for dummies. That probably learned- was in there somewhere. <laughs> It was. We weren't supposed to write any specific details that could be outdated later. She told us about that. She didn't tell us about actually writing the book, but we did learn (laughs) that. But also, we have to recognize the fact that there were... There was absolutely no conflict after he started buying her shit. Yeah. Right? She seems like, <laughs> yeah. Like, after like we went- the house or whatever, she was suddenly, like, totally okay with everything. Totally okay. Forgot to even be mad. Most of the time, she was looking at all the the pretty 
flashy stuff that's around her new house. And like, I hear you, girl. Like, you know, she's been living in a shithole for six years because her dad's too stingy and mean spirited to even help her out. Which I was I was like, I think he should know that. Like, I think he should know that her dad's an asshole. And would not support her, you know? Yeah, how does everyone not know he's an asshole? Like, that was kind of surprising. Also, okay, major creep factor. The fact that he, she went to, um, like, some party with him, with her dad. And he wanted her to hit on some old oh, people. God, yeah. And the old people were, like, leering at her. Yeah. Are you, are you mm-hmm. pimping? You're that was, like, pimping part of her out job. your yeah. daughter. Who are you? Oh, yeah. That is a big <laughs> yeah. Have you noticed that the rich parents are always cold and awful? And then the poor parents are always sweet and nice. And um, they are hardworking and they have a really tight-knit family. That's not true, Wendy. Sometimes the rich parents are dead. Mysteriously mm-hmm. dead. Like the mom is in this story. <laughs> 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 Mysteriously dead. She probably died of a broken heart. I mean, this lady has the best healthcare money can buy. Like, I don't think this lady died in childbirth, which is another <laughs> yeah. period thing that happened to this Another book. period thing. Dead mom for mysterious reasons. I love it when they put that in um, historical novels because they're like, eh, everybody dies in childbirth. It's fine. <laughs> Uh, I was going to say that some of the dialogue is like really bad in this book from the dude's perspective. <laughs> what I forget I forget his name. But at one point he said, "You and your father are scum. You'll one day reap what you sow." Who says nope. that shit? Nope. I don't Isn't know. Isn't he like 18 when he says that? <laughs> yeah, like like he says that to him like, "You'll reap what you sow." Rosie works with teens. Has any teen ever said, reap what you sow? Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> no. Never. Uh, mostly because the, like, the word reap, I, I feel like they just have this association with uh, that just being something their grandparents would say. So by yeah. no means would a young Wouldn't be caught ever, dead ever try that, to be like their grandparents. But this dude, he's ready. <laughs> he's, he's into some reap. Like, who says that? Like, even if you're pissed off. Like he yeah. instead of saying like like you know yeah maybe he was the weird kid in high school that always said like prithy. <laughs> I thought this was and I don't I have no rationale behind it but I totally thought this was a book that was like late fifties ish. <laughs> nope. Uh, so like because of the vocabulary and because of this whole like I'm gonna get mm. revenge and the whole reap what you sow from a young person is definitely a very strong indicator of this did not happen. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, revenge plot is period drama as well. <laughs> like, when do you actually use a revenge plot in a modern romance? Also, it was really weird to me when he also said, I'm just looking at my notes, we won't ever talk again about the bad times and the misunderstandings and your father's lies lies from this day forward will focus only on our future i'm like no you guys gotta work on this you guys have work (laughs) yeah (laughs) can we like talk about Uh your past just like a little bit can't we like Like rehash the last 10 years of your life like just you know Mm -hmm. for any reason Mm -hmm. so we don't like pull a rosy and be like oh that one time when (laughs) (laughs) pull a rosy (laughs) 
in that time. Yeah, do not ever pull a Rosie. No. You know that time that I got pregnant and I called you up and told you, and then, but before I could tell you, you said you'll reap what you sow, and then hung up. And then I was waiting at the like altar for an hour. Yeah. But I had first like waited at home. Because my dad told me that a package was coming. Like, wait a minute. That's that's when you knew this. Yeah, yeah. yeah, That's important. The packages. Listen, I have a super secret illegal um, marriage to do at a courthouse or a little church or whatever. But I will wait for that package for you (laughs) for over an hour. It's a really important package. And it's not like you have people for that. Nope. Not no. at all. What actually threw me off is if she knew she was going to be late, because she knew it was going to be like between an hour or two, why didn't she just call? And even if he would have left by then, like, dad would have picked up the phone and given him the message. Like, why would yeah. not... This ain't Shakespearean times, guys. (laughs) Like, it's not like somebody's going to be killing themselves (laughs) and then, like, not sending a text or whatever. Be like, sorry, I fake died. Love you. Mm -hmm. You know, like Juliet did. Mm -hmm. It's, It's not, that's not what it is. We have cell phones. We have phones. We have, I don't know, cars where we can drive places. Like, why wouldn't you drive over to his house and be like, what the fuck, man? Like, why aren't you at the at the altar like I am? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, you just, like, went home. Like, just a leave bit. a message. Yeah, I'm with Rosie here. Just leave a message. Like, I'm going to be a little bit late. <laughs> it's because y'all are punctual people. <laughs> That's it. I myself am late all the time, yeah. and I don't leave any messages. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like on my way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's great, Rosie. You had some part of the book you wanted to read, right? Like you had something for readers theater. Oh gosh, yeah. Let let me pull that out. There's this one part where essentially he asks. Well, something along the lines of, did you know that you were pregnant when we made these plans? And my first thought was like, you guys just had sex the night before. Like, how is she going to know? <laughs> this is... By magic? This is not Woo! How it... <laughs> Women yeah. magic. And then her... Re- <laughs> Lady magic. Yeah. <laughs> and then she says something like, no, I found out about a month later. And I don't know... I couldn't tell if she was being snarky in that message. Or not. And I think this is it. So the quote is, answer me one thing. Did you know you were pregnant that last night when we made those plans? He asked. Yes, all those plans, she said with no content. No, I didn't know until at least a month later. And what difference would that have made? And so um, it's not very dramatic, (laughs) but it did tickle me a little bit to know um, that this man does not know how pregnancy works. (laughs) Women stuff. How is baby made? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's have a little side bar of the birds and the bees situation. This is one of those times where you want to come up to them. A woman does not know when she is pregnant the day after. <laughs> no, she knows. That's like women's magic versus men's business magic, you know. Mm-hmm. Women's stuff. She just stares at her uterus. Yeah. It's like, it makes a little ding. Yeah. 
<laughs> like your timer's up. Exactly. Again, it's like the whole thing where Regency would make a lot of sense, you know? Like I've read I've actually read True. bad better miscon- misconnections from Regency stuff where it's like, you know, they they were going to like meet at the altar, but there was some, you know, confusion. One of them I read, the guy went back to her house and like looked through the window and it looked like she was there. So then he was like, oh, she really did stand me up. He doesn't do shit. He's just like, meh. I think what would have improved this book is a reconciliation with the main protagonist's father, who is just left dangling at the end of the story. And clearly she still loves him. Like, he's still her father and the grandfather to her son. And they just are like, oh, you mean he lied to me? Well, then he's dead to me. I'm like, he's still your father. He's still, like, your only relative, basically, in the story. Like, that didn't seem like... Like, that would be, like, it seemed, I kept on waiting for him to come back and be like, I've changed my ways. Oh, yeah. Um. They either do that. They're either, I've changed my ways, or the person um, has to come to terms with the fallibility of their loved one, you know. Mm-hmm. But that ne- neither happened. Because yeah, we, neither... we were not quite interested in the actual plot points of this <laughs> romance Which novel. is very Regency, right? Like, he just ran away on the railroad, and he's just gone. <laughs> he was just like, sorry. <laughs> See you guys later. <laughs> what we were concerned about was all the shit that he bought her. <laughs> Oh god! And what yeah. car he drove? This book spent so much time on his cars, like so much time. Oh, and then there was um, one of uh, Alana's pet peeve: the uh, villain woman rival. Yes. <laughs> my worst was like my, all sex. My least favorite part about it is like, so he's a single guy, and he has like a good repertoire with the secretary, and the secretary makes a a not totally blatant pass at him because they work together and she's interested. Mm-hmm. And his first response is to fire her. <laughs> like, you could I, also like tell her no. Yeah, you could also just tell her like, I'm not interested. But he's like, yep, time to get rid of that one. <laughs> and then she like lies for like no reason. Like there's no strategic reason for why she should mislead this lady. Like, there's an yeah. alliance there, and it's just because she's crazy, because ladies are crazy. <laughs> ladies are crazy, and they're always rivals to each other. Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. like, this lady is not your equal in this situation, like, at all. She's like, he's going to propose to me. <laughs> Why would you make that up? <laughs> Why would Do you think you... if you just say it out loud, it's going to happen? Yeah. It ain't magic. Yeah. Or is it? Or is it? Or is it? (laughs) Yeah. This actually, it reminded me of this. Oh, gosh. I feel really terrible admitting this, but uh, in my little set of games that I play on my phone, (laughs) I got this ad. (laughs) Wendy knows all about this, too. Um, I got this ad for this stupid, stupid romance novel app. And so I Mm -hmm. downloaded it, and it's one of those, like... um, choose your own adventure kind of app and so uh um, it's like anime right I, is it anime eh, 
not necessarily, but it, but it is, it is animated. Um, and so I just haphazardly happened to pick the almost like the bachelor kind of thing, but there's some regal components slash he's a billionaire ish thing. And I was supposed to develop this character and like, I had to get so many like coins to like get the really nice dress to really impress him and his mother (laughs) his mother needed to approve of me or whatever and so I could only get like a total of five coins per day so sometimes I would just every day I would rack up these coins so I could buy like more attractive adventure look at that look at that romantic soul that's buried deep deep down (laughs) you're like yeah only, only when yeah. your competitive spirit is involved, you're you're like totally yeah. into the romance section. Yeah, but that's the thing. There was this woman who was also a quote unquote contestant. Um, I forget what her name was, but every time she would pop up in this plot line, because you're reading this plot line, there's this like music that would play. But I genuinely hated this character to the point where I'm just like I am going to just be so cruel and brutal to you because I don't care about you and because you're being snobby and because you're being cocky and x y and z and so part of I had to eventually delete this app because it was just consuming me a little bit but um a part of me was kind of like, I'm a little ashamed of myself. Like, this is not how I treat women. Rosie. And it shouldn't be. This is <laughs> this is what this podcast is for. You're in a safe space. Okay. If you want <laughs> oh, to thank sp- you. <laughs> if you want to spend your day collecting coins to further a <laughs> shitty romance theme, we're all for it. Yeah, yeah we're, I'm we're all with you it. here. Perfect. We support you. <laughs> I would call Love Rosie it. up and she would be like, I would be like, what are you doing? And she'd be like, I'm trying to find these coins <laughs> to, to get this dress. <laughs> I was like, you do you, man. Yeah. Yeah, We're all for stupid hobbies. These- <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Remember how oh. uh, your mom on, on, on the podcast said, who has time for hobbies? <laughs> We're like, uh, we do. <laughs> This is our hobby, Mom. Like, this podcast. (laughs) Not going to lie. There's a lot of hobbies going on here. I was like, I have so many hobbies. <laughs> yeah, like like pretty much hobbies are like the main event in my life. Like, <laughs> like visiting me was like watching me play European style board games and being on my podcast. <laughs> uh... Oh man, I forgot that you played that game. I was going to mention it. Oh. I was thinking that would be a good oh, yeah. cold open. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> could have been. No, so I'm actually a little upset because I uh, stopped playing the game before the last chapter of the book. So I never really concluded this book. Oh, man. And a lot of it had to do with I was starting these other because they had a series of romance uh, kind of games. So I would start other romance books to collect coins to then use for this particular book and I could collect up to like five coins per book per day 
But then my like choose your my like really cool choose your own adventure thing would be like three hundred coins, and I'm like I'm busy. I have a job, and <laughs> I like I got stuff to do, and I can't remember to collect coins every day. I just want to finish this damn I don't know cyber book. I don't know what to call. It's it. like like the least efficient way to read i've ever heard <laughs> yeah. And yeah. collect fake coins to to do it um mm-hmm. i also i also like to point out that not only do i um fully support your inclination to um to read shitty romance novels in app form but also to adamantly like work multiple hours against actually buying whatever fake coin they had because you know you know they're like 3.99 you could get them 100 coins or whatever and then and then you're like no i'm gonna get it by spending an hour on this and having one fucking coin but i'm gonna fucking own that coin (laughs) i mean i myself have done that many a time oh yeah I have never said this out loud, so I'm about to admit something. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, so this was during the summer. And during the summer, one of my former students from a previous job was kind of like, hey, Rosie, do you have an internship um, at your work that I could like do this summer because I'm bored? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Just come work in my office, be my assistant. And so there was this one time, his name was John. I was like, John, okay, this is definitely outside the purview of your job responsibilities as my assistant, but I need you to go through this romance app no! to collect these coins. No, really? I did. I totally did that. Oh my God, I love that so much. Is that other duties as a sign? <laughs> oh God, I love that. <laughs> actually legitimately got into it to the point where he was kind of like why don't you just buy more coins and i was like nope that is a line i will not cross no no i just get more and more adamant every time they tell me that there's some kind of sale i'm like i will not spend that money on you i love that that's so hilarious i can hear it coming like i can i can hear you telling your intern to start working your on this male app. high school intern like i need you to play this to play these these this iphone game <laughs> yeah because you, you would not pay like the four dollars to get the coin. or like 99 cents like it's really oh, yeah. not that much money uh, <laughs> but you start yeah. paying those things and then you're just never gonna stop yeah, I have never said that out loud, but I, I know that it's, it's going to be public. <laughs> That's so probably like a gross it. misjudgment of of power or something. Rosie, you're that billionaire yeah. that's supposed to be benevolent. <laughs> yeah, right. Misuses your power. Power corrupts, man. Yeah. But maybe she has the man magic, so she'll make lots of. Oh yeah, man, 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 man. I've been told that I am like a man in many ways, and I was like, I don't know if this is a compliment. (laughs) Don't believe women can be great. Uh, yeah, I'm like, I don't know. That's 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 one to unpack. (laughs) 
and it's usually about your professional life, isn't it? So it's like you're a man yeah. in the way that you can do profession. You can, you can do it. I well, you can profess. Yeah, it's been a huge sore spot. At, oh gosh, um, just at my work because everyone's like, "You're so mean." Like, what? Why do you just like say that? And I'm like, because that's what I mean. I'm not trying to like sugarcoat shit for you because what's the point in sugarcoating shit for you when really that's just going to add 10 minutes to what I really want to say. <laughs> Rosie, that's the girl code. You're supposed to go, um, sorry to bother you. I really like you. I think you're amazing. Yeah. Have you, have you, like, you tried possibly... not doing that? Yeah. Like maybe, um, <laughs> Uh, you know, it would be really helpful to me if you would I do your job. I love your stuff. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. love everything about you. You yeah, are a perfect yeah. human being. <laughs> Emoticon, smiley face. Uh, oh, God, trigger. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Getting Lit, available monthly on iTunes. For extra bonus features for this episode, you can visit gwenwendy.com slash S2EP11, where you can read more about Wendy. You can follow Alana at Librarian Alana on Twitter. What's the best type of romance novel, Wendy? The trashy kind. <laughs> Vienna Lana's podcast. Wendy and Lana's podcast. Get literary, get literary. Woo!